0: You know who wouldn't shake when he holds you? Foucault. So true.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so true. True words have never been spoken.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the last installment of Pod Girl Summer. Yeah, it really
1: flew. We've had to pivot, shift some gears, and kind of recreate the next planned movies that we have for you, but we think you're really going to like them.
0: Yeah, we're going to be doing some different movies. We've started compiling a list of some foreign films, and uh, we're excited to start doing some new stuff even stuff that we've seen before so it's gonna be fun
1: yeah there are so many great recommendations that were sent in too so we're coming through those and like I'm honestly stoked to cover a Bollywood movie yeah I feel like it's gonna be an absolute rager of a time yeah Um, absolutely I'm
0: looking forward to it but before we get too much into it should we talk about today's movie
1: yes We are covering the 1989 film, Kiki's Delivery Service.
0: Uh, What a delightful little film. Absolutely darling. Yeah. Absolutely
1: (laughs) darling. I like texted Christina when I was just watching the beginning
0: of the movie and I was like, why is it so fucking (laughs) darling? It truly is like. Such a sweet little summer watch. You just get to see this coastal – well, first we start off with like core, and then we go into yeah. like this coastal city. You get to see the beautiful views of the ocean. The seagulls are flying. It's just a beautiful, beautiful film. Absolutely. And it's just so um
1: sweet. Like everyone mm. is such a sweetheart in the movie, which makes it so cozy. Definitely. Um,
0: but before we really
1: dig deep into the plot, we have to cover the numbers, baby.
0: The numbers. Bah, bah, bah.
1: <laughs> we had a $6.9 million budget, and it made $41.8 million in the box office.
0: Wow. So,
1: Miyazaki did it again.
0: Absolutely. I actually saw it for the first time in, I want to say, like, 2017 maybe cuz every year I think it's Regal Cinemas that does it they do like a Studio oh, yeah. Ghibli kind of fest for a month or so where every week there's a new mm-hmm. movie and so I went to see Kiki's Delivery Service in that with our friends um Cameron and Eliana and it was like so sold out that by the time we got to the theater we could like not find three seats together anywhere damn except for like in the front row and we were like we don't really want to do that so we were literally sitting on the ground you know in that like aisle part before it gets to like the seats in the front we were just sitting on the ground for probably half the movie before somebody came and was like you can't sit here so then we went and sat in like the front row (laughs) to watch the movie but yeah A good time, nonetheless.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see this. It's actually playing at Angelica on Mm. August 2nd. So if you're in New York, go check it out. Yeah. Um, Absolutely just insanely heavy hitters in this English dub also. Mm -hmm. We have Kirsten Dunst, Phil Hartman, Tress McNeil, who's Dot in Animaniacs. That was like a big show for me growing up janine garofalo matthew lawrence debbie reynolds like yeah. are you
0: kidding me yeah they always manage to get the big the big, they pull out the big guns for these dubs but i did forget it was kirsten dunst until i watched it around this time but you can definitely hear that it's her voice <laughs> yeah like a young kirsten yeah it was also adapted from a novel that came out just like four years before the movie And from what I've seen, the novel is actually fairly similar, but they added some more dramatic elements. Like, I'm pretty sure – spoiler alert – Kiki losing her magic powers is not in the book. I read that it was, like,
1: more Mm vignette-ish, like, in the book. Um, And also, which is so classic for most book-to-film adaptations – the author was like displeased with how they were making oh the movie gosh. and there was like a whole rift and Miyazaki was like come to the studio mm-hmm. like we're doing it justice and then um she agreed to like continue with it but mm-hmm. I feel like that happens so frequently when yeah. the author's like
0: you're fucking ruining my <laughs> book. Yeah it can always be tricky with adaptations but this movie is so beloved I feel like good job was done with it
1: definitely something else i found interesting was this like quote by miyazaki he said the witchcraft has always merely been the means to fulfill the dreams of young girls they have always become idols with no difficulties so he wanted to contrast that by having kiki be a witch but like not being able to use her powers as a means of wish fulfillment Um, it's more of like a skill. Mm -hmm. So I did think that was pretty interesting to do. Like there was no element of her being this like fabulous young witch who can do whatever she wants.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Especially because girls with magic powers is, you know, very common in a lot of different types of Japanese media. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see this take. And uh, as we know, Miyazaki loves to do a lot of location scouting for his films, and since this novel was initially based in a fictional country in Northern Europe, him and the senior staff went to research different landscapes and other elements of the setting, and their main stops were Stockholm and Visby on the Swedish island of Gotland.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, the, the town they is so gorgeous.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, with that being said, should we dive right into it? Fly right into it? Let's fly right into it. (laughs) Let's do it. So we open with our young heroine, Kiki, laying in a field, listening to the radio weather forecast about how there are clear skies ahead and a full moon. So if you've been planning something special, tonight might be the night. Oh, so she turns off her radio. She starts running home. She lives in this like very small coastal, I don't even know if I want to call it a town, maybe like a village. Yeah. It seems to be like the houses are very spread out. It's a lot of dirt roads. And she runs home to this absolutely gorgeous flower and ivy covered cottage. This movie is like big time core. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that, especially once we get to, like, Ursula's house. But, (laughs) yeah. She wakes up her sleeping cat, Gigi, and says tonight is the night. She then runs into the conservatory where her mom is making some potions while their friend, family friend, I suppose, customer, Miss Dora, sits and watches. And Kiki tells her mom, Kokiri, about the clear skies and the full moon tonight And she says it is the perfect night for her to leave home. But her mom says, What are you talking about? You weren't planning on leaving until next month. But Kiki says next month the full moon might be on a cloudy night and she wants to leave on the perfect night. And Kokiri explains to Miss Dora that it's a custom in their family that when a witch turns 13, she leaves home for a year of training. So Kokiri says she seems too young to be leaving home and... Miss Dora says she remembers the day when Kokiri arrived in this town. She was just 13 herself and, you know, flew down on her broomstick. (laughs) And Kokiri says at least she could fly. Kiki hardly knows how to do that or make any potions. But Miss Dora just says, it's a sign of the times, babe. (laughs) Young people, they're going to do what they want. They always like to do something different. and. She just hopes that Kokiri teaches her how to make the potion to treat her rheumatism.
1: (laughs) So we go to Kiki's room. She is frantically packing her things. But Gigi, the voice of reason, is like, let's just play it safe. Let's stay home for another month. We'll leave as planned. And Kiki says if they put it off for another month, maybe she'll find a boyfriend. Then what'll they do? They'll never leave. (laughs) She's just so rambunctious It's so cute. Mm -hmm. Then Kiki hears her dad, Okino, coming home and she calls out to him that she's decided to leave tonight. He is shocked and he's like, what about the camping trip we were supposed to take? And like has all this camping gear on his truck and runs into the house. But like I think his angle is wrapped around some rope or something and he like Mm -hmm. trips and everything spills. Um I was like, oh, my God, I love him. He's so cute.
0: I am kind of sad that we only get to see the parents for, like, the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Especially because, like, the dad seems like such a sweet, like, (laughs) Phil Dunphy type of dad. Yeah, he's so, so sweet. And, like, the parents are really, really
1: cute in this movie. And Mm. I'm also just like, the more I see the parents, I'm like,
0: she's a child. Yeah. She's a child. How (laughs) could she leave home? Well, it did make me think, what's that series where it's, like, the Japanese children who go to run errands and stuff by themselves? Yeah. It made me think about that.
1: That's really funny. Um, Apparently, it's normal, though, to have, like, young children run errands. Yeah. That's not normal here. There's, like, such insane kidnapping and, like, crazy stuff. But... So back inside, Kokiri helps Kiki put on her black dress. And Kiki's like, oh, I wish it was a lilac or something prettier. But her mom is like, witches have worn this color for a very long time. Besides, it's what's inside your heart that matters. And Kiki says she's going to be the best witch she can be. And she's just so full of life. Yeah, And her mom is so supportive. It's so sweet to see. And... She says she knows that having a good heart is what's important. So Kokiri tells her to follow her heart, keep smiling, and write home as soon as she's found a place. Then Kiki is like, can I take the radio with me, please? He said I could take the radio with me. Mm -hmm. And her mom, like, nods. And she's like, yes! (laughs) So she is in front of her dad, and he's like, oh, my gosh, you look so grown up, just like your mom did when she was 13. And Kiki is like also just flattered that he thinks she looks like her mom. Yeah. And Kiki asks her dad to pick her up like he used to. And he twirls her around the room and, like, ah, uh, I love this moment. It's just so cute. Yeah. He gives her a hug and tells her that she can always come home if things don't work out. Kiki sticks her tongue out at coming back to this old room, and they both laugh, and they share one last hug, and he asks her to write home.
0: Yeah. This part is – it's so bittersweet because it's such an adorable moment between father and daughter, but it's also very clear that, like, this is probably the last time he'll ever pick up his daughter and twirl her around.
1: Oh, Oh my God. It is – it reminds me of, like, um, the Pen15 episodes where it's that – Horrible shift from like girlhood mm-hmm. to womanhood, yeah. And I was like reflecting on my own life and just thinking about that, like, shift where you start being regarded as like a young woman instead of a child, mm-hmm. and it is so like rooted in trauma for so yeah. many people. Um. But the way that they framed this moment I thought was just very sweet and and very, like, wholesome. So I appreciated mm-hmm. that.
0: Yeah. It does make me curious about, like, what boys' experience is because I feel like every yeah. every girl, like, knows that moment where you start, like, being treated by a woman. I, but I Unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the times it is viewed, like, tied to how you're viewed sexually. Absolutely. Um, 100%. So I do wonder if there's, like, a – anything like that for boys and what they kind of yeah feel or go through i I just haven't heard it like talked about ever so i'm like does it exist i don't know (laughs) right i i am also curious about that i don't really know
1: i was talking to josh the other day about i don't even know what we're talking about but like um i never knew this and maybe this is like insane information that everyone else knew but i knew that like um you know if you have like a uterus like you begin to get your period and like your breasts develop I knew that guys voices got deeper mm-hmm. but I didn't realize that physically like their balls like drop yeah I thought that was a fucking phrase like a turn of like of, right you right. know I had no idea that physically they experienced that and I was like that's insane yeah but I don't know if there is that like masculine shift of like oh well now you're like a man like you're the man of the house and like, yeah i don't know how that is reflected mm-hmm. psychologically
0: yeah so if anyone has any insight yes. dm us let us know <laughs> so we then go to kiki's big send-off some of her friends come and they say they're so jealous. children. Yeah, some other small children come and say they're <laughs> jealous of the great time she's going to have, but Kiki says she's not going for a good time, she's going to be training, she's a grown-up, okay? Girl boss. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, sure. And I think in the in the original Japanese, they say, oh, there's going to be so many discos, but then in the dub, they adapt it to, oh, there's going to be so many boys, hee-hee. <laughs> So Kikiri then notices the broom that Kiki has made for herself to fly away on and says it's too small and gives her her own broom, which is a very sweet, you know, passing of the torch moment. Kiki does say it's too old, but Kikiri says that's why she should have it. It never loses its way, even in a storm. So Kiki gives in and takes her mother's broom Gives her parents a kiss goodbye before flying off while everybody cheers. Everyone really,
1: like, came out for her, which I thought was sweet.
0: Yeah, all, like, 16 people that live in this village. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Kiki heads
1: off. It is a bit of a rough takeoff. She crashes into some trees. And there are these, like, bells on the trees, too. Mm. And one of the guys watching is, like, an older gentleman. He's like, I'm going to miss the sound of those bells. (laughs) But she does get her footing and heads south to see the ocean. And she gets Gigi to turn on the radio as they fly off into the sky. And we hear this song Rogue no Dengon by Yumi Mat- Matsutoya. Do you know this song? Or did you no, just note it because it's pretty? it was
0: really pretty. So I was like, yeah, oh, yeah. let me give it a mention. It is a different oh, yeah. song in the English dub. It's like an English song.
1: Yeah, the yeah. music in this movie is so good. And also mm.
0: just the
1: moments where it's like no talking, but we can see the, like the sky and the city. It's just so beautifully animated mm-hmm. that it's, like, very um, fulfilling. Yeah. So as she's flying about, Kiki spots another young witch in the sky and flies over to her. She, like, tries to make conversation, but this witch is just super snotty. Yeah. And asks her to – she's so – she's just a jerk for no reason. After this, like, insanely sweet upbringing this young woman has had, I'm just, like – slap in the face of the real world yeah so she's like can you turn off your music i prefer to like concentrate when i fly <laughs> and kiki's like yeah okay no problem like hey is it hard to get settled in a new town and she's like yeah a lot can go wrong but since i'm a fortune teller i can handle anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> not to call a child cunty but like dear lord <laughs> right right they really had her go sicko mode. And she's got like a somewhat of like a nicer dress on than Kiki does and she has like Oh, long yeah. she hair, looks like I was like, "Wow, she's serving."
1: <laughs> so she asks Kiki what her special skill is, but Kiki's like, "Oh, I haven't decided yet." And the witch says she's almost done with her training and points to her town down below and it's like super lit up. It's like Something Kiki has never seen before. And she's like, whoa, that's like a big town. She's like, I bet to you it is. <laughs> <laughs> to you broke ass bumblefuck nowhere ass right? bitch. <laughs> You're looking at my town through a cracked phone screen and an empty stomach. <laughs> so she then wishes Kiki good luck before flying down to her town. And Gigi calls her cat stuck up. And Kiki starts worrying about finding her own special skill, but then it starts raining. So Kiki flies down to this like train that she finds to take shelter in one of the cars.
0: Mm-hmm. So they get settled in this bed of hay in this train car to sleep for the night. And I'm like, dear Lord, I cannot imagine anything more uncomfortable than sleeping <laughs> inside hay the way that she does. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's, like, pulling it over as if it's a blanket.
0: I'm like, good for you, girl. I'm like, that is itch city. But (laughs) before they know it, the train starts leaving the station, and in the morning, Kiki and Gigi are woken up by the cows underneath this hay hammock who are, you know, eaten. So Kiki digs her way to the bottom and apologizes to the cows for falling asleep in their breakfast.
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: looks out the train roof to see that they've made it to the ocean how fortuitous and there's a nearby city that they can settle in and kiki says hopefully there aren't other witches there already so i guess like there's only you're only allowed one witch per town
1: yeah or maybe it's just like if you are training Mm. there can't be another witch training there right or I guess I don't – I'm curious if this year of training is, like, you are trying to find your own footing or if you are supposed to just settle in that town like her mom did.
0: Yeah. It's it's interesting because that other witch is returning to her town after her right. training. And it is interesting that they call it training because they're not being taught by anyone. No one it's, is caring. It's self-study, yeah. basically. Right. Your independent study. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess it's just to kind of like carve out your niche and I don't know, settle in a new place and that's where you'll you'll make your life because it's implied that like Kiki is never going home. Like this is her new right. home now. So Kiki and Gigi, they get on her broom and they fly over the water with the seagulls towards the city. I really love this shot with all the seagulls like flying around them. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So
1: we go to the town of Corico and Kiki is shocked by all the people and the traffic, but she's like, I'm going to like it here. And then she is spotted by a man in a clock tower and she asks if there are any other witches in town, but he says, no, he hasn't seen one in a while. So Kiki is thrilled and decides this is where she and Gigi will settle They fly down to the street below. Everyone is staring at Kiki. She tells Gigi to smile and to make a good first impression. But then she literally almost crashes into a bus and causes like this car pile up. I don't know if there's an actual crash, but they're all like turned around. and They totally ruin the flow of traffic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She definitely, you know new to the city we literally saw her just like running in the middle of a dirt road in the beginning of the movie i don't think she's ever experienced anything like this before right so she's like whoops sorry about the pile up and then like slides around the corner and tries to introduce herself to some of the city folk and most of them just either walk away or they stare at her and this one old lady is like i'm glad you like it here and then fucking dips out of there. Nobody has time for her. It's a hustle and bustle. People are busy. Mm-hmm. Then this police officer runs up to Kiki and he rightfully so reprimands her for her reckless flying and the accident that she just caused <laughs> and asks for her name and address so he can call her parents, especially since, you know, she's a minor. But then the officer gets distracted by somebody yelling across the street that they're being robbed and he <gasps> just tiptoes away yeah
1: i would do the same yeah so kiki walks away upset when this nerdy little boy tombo played by or voiced by matthew lawrence in the english version Mm. he rides his bike up next to her and says that he's like that went pretty well like how you managed to escape that cop I was the one yelling thief so you could get away. Wow. A gentleman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he starts asking her about being a witch and this group of boys across the street start making fun of him and say it's too early for girl hunting. And um, he kind of just ignores them. Like he's a total sweetheart. <laughs> and he asks to look at Kiki's broom, but she snaps at him and says she didn't ask for his help. And <laughs> like, Okay, Kiki. <laughs> so she supposes she has to thank him, but it was rude for him to not even introduce himself first. Then Kiki storms off. Tombo is just obsessed and catches up. Goo-goo-ga-ga. Oh, yeah. He's like, Oh my God, she hates me. <gasps> I love her. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, you're old fashioned, just like my grandma. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> and Kiki yells at him to leave her alone And flies off on her broom Tombo just watches and awe And says what a cool witch
0: So Kiki then Goes to just a local hotel Trying to get a room But the concierge won't let her check in Because she's just a kid We're she's getting a lot child. of like Dissonance with You're 13 you're gonna go live on your own But then everyone mm-hmm. else being like You're a child what are you doing Right. And then some people are like, yes, this 13-year-old can run a business. That's very normal. Yeah. What's <laughs> new here? Nothing. hmm So Kiki walks around the city with nowhere to go. She comes to this, like, I don't know, it's kind of before the land. Like, it's before a hill, I guess. And she's looking out at the ocean view, and Gigi suggests that they try and find another town. But that's when a woman from the bakery nearby runs by calling out to a customer who forgot her baby's pacifier, but the customer's too far away to hear her. So this woman, who's also, like, very pregnant, by the way, um, is starting to go after the customer when Kiki offers to bring it down to her. So this woman happily agrees, and Kiki hops on her broom, and off they go. This woman is shocked to see that Kiki is a witch and Kiki makes it to the customer, gives the baby the pacifier just as he wakes up and starts to cry. So very nice save from Kiki.
1: Yeah. So Kiki goes back to the bakery, which is like bustling. And the woman, Osono, is like, hey, hold on a second. And Kiki gives her this like note from the customer Kiki is about to leave when Osono stops her and says she'd like to thank her. And she brings Kiki to the upstairs apartment, makes them some coffee and mentions that she must be looking, mentions that she must be here looking for a town of her own. And Kiki is like, yeah, but people don't seem to like witches here. And Osono says in a town this big, there are lots of different people. For instance, I like you very much and she asks kiki if she's found a place to stay yet but kiki doesn't say anything and osano decides to offer her the spare room in the attic kiki is like beyond thrilled she's like i love not being homeless
0: mm-hmm. yeah living laughing loving indoors yeah so osano brings kiki up to the attic and says it's not very clean but it's all hers and Gigi mentions that this whole place is covered in flour, and at this rate, he'll be a white cat in the morning. Um, I was, like, switching back and forth between the Japanese and the English dub quite a bit while watching just because I was curious about the original voices, and the mm-hmm. original voice for Gigi is very different. It's, like, a woman's voice in the original dub. Oh, interesting. And then I was doing some reading that apparently their personalities are very different. They made... um Gigi a lot more like sarcastic and dry in the English dub. Whereas in the original Japanese, like Gigi's a little bit more like nervous and like cautious and is there to kind of be not necessarily Kiki's conscience, but just kind of like Mm -hmm. a, a manifestation of her more childlike innocence so that then is what informs in the end when, like, she can no longer understand Gigi is, like, oh, she's let go of that, like, childlike view and she's growing up and that's why she can no longer communicate with Gigi. But mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting how they made so many changes to Gigi's personality in the in the dub.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I – I mean, spoiler alert about them not being able to talk for a sec, but I also thought that that was her growing up, but then it was kind of just more about uh, being in, like, a funk.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, But I did find Gigi's personality, at least in this English version, to be, like, really reminiscent of Salem from Sabrina the Teenage Mm -hmm. Witch.
0: Totally, yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, in cadence of voice and that dry humor and Mm -hmm. those, like, one-liners, very similar.
0: Yeah. So Kiki marvels at her sea view out the window and Gigi once again suggests that they find a new town. But then, oh my gosh, he sees this like fancy white cat in the window across the street. And he is intrigued at first. Then he's like, oh, what a snob. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't look at me.
1: (laughs) So that night, Kiki is laying in bed And she tells Gigi she has decided that they're staying and hopes to find more people like Osono who accept her for who she is. So that morning, Kiki counts her money and she's like, Gigi, how much would it cost to get a phone set up? So she's going to start a business. She's a small business owner.
0: Same girl, same. (laughs) Literally, like, I need an accountant. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody please help us do our taxes. Thank you. Yes. Um So in the morning, Asano is in the bakery working with Fuku'o. I didn't I'm not really sure if they're like together. I'm also confused about that. I think that
1: he's her husband.
0: Yeah. Cause I, but I don't even know he's a very non-player he, character. Yeah, I genuinely don't know if he even has any lines. He says one thing. Mm. um he might say like look oh. when the blimp is in town <laughs> oh great <laughs> but yeah her we're just gonna assume that this is her partner because uh, who knows but they're working and kiki comes in she offers to help and she's just chatting with Osano tells her about her plans to open up a delivery service since flying is her one skill And Asano says, that's a great idea. Everyone will love it. She can even base her business here in the attic. And Kiki is thrilled because I'm like, Kiki, you're trying to get an office space? That's insane. You don't need an office space. (laughs) So Asano then offers to let Kiki use their phone. And if she helps out in the bakery, then she won't need to chip in for rent or the phone bill. Which is very generous, and to make it even more generous, Asano says she'll even throw in free breakfast since she'll need the help when she's having the baby soon. It'll be good to have Kiki around. So Kiki is touched and says she will do her very best work for her.
1: Kiki is like, this is a huge weight taken off my shoulders.
0: Yeah, she's like, free labor? You just have to stay in the attic that I wasn't using anyways? Works for Asano. Kiki, free phone and breakfast. Yeah. So we see
1: a montage of Kiki working in the bakery, cleaning up the attic, going shopping downtown. And she sees some girls her age like laughing and chatting so carefree. And she kind of laments how she wishes um, she had something pretty to wear.
0: When you're a teenager, there's truly nothing more intimidating than other teenage girls walking past you.
1: Oh, yeah. And, like, like with fabulous, like, hair and clothes mm-hmm. and, like, makeup and stuff and just feeling, like, trash garbage. hmm Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I still feel that way, like, when I lived in the Lower East Side and people would be walking around, like, probably actually working models. Right. And I'm, like, coming out of my house looking like <laughs> an absolutely like, a troll and, like, 5'2". I'm, like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> So, Kiki mm. does go into the store to buy some groceries, but it costs most of the money she has saved up. And she tells Gigi they'll just have to eat pancakes for a while. And <laughs> Gigi finds, I thought this is so darling. Like, mm. he sees this little mug in the grocery store and it's a black cat that looks like Gigi. And he's just like,
0: Look, Kiki, it's me. So then she buys it. <laughs> does she buy it? She does. Oh, oh yeah. So cute kiki no (laughs) save your money right well the part where she is like looking at how much a pan costs and she's like this is so expensive i'm like this is the most real thing i've ever seen because yeah (laughs) dear lord kitchenware so expensive i can't even talk about it it's so expensive and just groceries alone are so expensive now at least in toronto but yeah it's crazy definitely i will say uh and I don't even know if
1: this is a hack, but like a minor hack for the girlies, mm. buy your kitchen supplies at TJ Maxx and Marshall's mm-hmm. because that $20 pan is going to be like $12. Yeah. So I have a lot of stuff from from Marshall's and TJ Maxx.
0: That's where I get my cookie sheets.
1: Yeah. That's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. I have like some really nice baking sheets from there. Yeah. So then Kiki gets distracted by some really pretty red shoes in a store window, and you can tell she just, like, wants – she wants the shoes, but she can't afford the shoes.
0: Yeah, she also has to eat, so. Yeah. If that isn't <laughs> universal, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So as she's marveling at these ruby red shoes in the window, who is driving down the street with his friends? Again – why are these children driving who knows um what's the age
1: <laughs> situation in this in, world
0: yeah and i guess sweden is that where we are supposed to be in stockholm so tombo's driving down the street with his friends and he notices kiki in the window he has his friend pull over and he asks kiki why she isn't flying today and says you can tell she's a witch because she's always wearing a dark dress and kiki gets mad because she feels like he's making fun of her naturally yeah because <laughs> <laughs> he kind he's of is literally flirting <laughs> and uh she just walks away Tombo sad his his girly is gone so Kiki gets back to
1: the bakery, and Asono tells her there's a lady here who wants her to make a delivery. She's her first customer. So Kiki rushes down with her broomstick, meets the customer. She asks her to deliver a birthday gift to her nephew by tonight. And Gigi sees this gift while Kiki's talking to the customer. It's a stuffed animal cat that looks <laughs> just exactly like him in this little like
0: birdcage. How convenient for later. Oh, so Kiki looks at this
1: map with the client and says she can fly straight there from here. And the customer asks her rate. And Kiki is like, oh, I hadn't thought about it. And I'm like, Kiki never discussed rates in front of a customer. <laughs>
0: um, you got to have those things locked and loaded. Yeah. But she
1: just gets like handed a wad of cash and Kiki agrees.
0: Yeah. So Kiki sets off on her first delivery Tombo notices her flying through the sky. He watches with Asono and calls Kiki the most amazing girl and asks Asono what she can tell him about Kiki. He wants the lowdown, the hot goss on his crush. Kiki then flies over the town. She gets higher and higher and Gigi asks how high she intends to go because there's an airplane and she starts looking at the map says that where they're going is just past the Cape. She then talks about how she's getting to like the town more and more, and she can't wait to tell her parents. We see some wild geese fly by. Kiki joins them and says hello. They honk right back at her. And Gigi tells Kiki the birds say they're going to fly higher because a gust of wind is coming. And just like that, Kiki gets shoved off her broom from the wind, but she manages to stay on and grab Mm -hmm. the package before it falls. She ends up falling into a tree where there's, like, a bird's nest and a goose squawks at Kiki, so she's like, my bad, and rushes off. Gigi then chastises her for not listening to the birds warning about the wind. There was no time to react. Like, she just – they're like, there's wind coming. (sighs) <sighs> yeah. It's here. Relax, Gigi. Mm-hmm. So that's when they realize, oh, no, the toy fell out of its little cage. We're, we got a side quest going now. Kiki turns around. There, there are these crows that are squawking at her aggressively. And Gigi says they're calling her an egg stealer. They try to escape, but like the birds start attacking and pecking at her broom and Kiki's like, okay, we have to rethink our plan to retrieve this toy. And Gigi finds it very insulting because crows used to serve witches. And I think Kiki says, <laughs> oh, not for a long time, though. And I'm like, what's the story between witches and crows? I want to know. Right. So he suggests that maybe they go into this nest area after dark. But Kiki is worried about how they're supposed to get this toy there in time. But she does get an idea.
1: Mm-hmm. So we go to plan B. Kiki puts a Gigi in the cage and says he can pretend to be the doll until she finds the real one. And she's like, okay, hold still, no breathing, makes it to the house and gives the package to this kid, Kat, who doesn't even appreciate it. He's like, Oh, this is no. dumb.
0: <laughs> I couldn't and- at first I like as soon as I heard this voice in the English job, I was like, Is this Somebody from Rugrats, because it sounded so familiar, but it's actually the voice of Spinelli from Recess. It's the same (gasps) actress.
1: Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. So his mom comes out and mentions that Kiki is late, and I'm like, she's a child. Yeah. (laughs) Can we, like, cut her some slack? Like, the, the people, whoever sends the things is always sweet. Whoever receives them is, like, a total jerk. Yeah, true. And she's like, oh, we were wondering where you were. And Kiki's like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry about that. Um, Can you sign my book, like, to confirm? Mm -hmm. And she signs her book. And Kat asks to put his canary in the cage. And
0: she's like, okay, just, like, don't let it fly off. So Kiki then promptly flies away. And meanwhile, in the house, we see this kid Kat. He is playing with the cage. And he leaves Gigi on the floor, but who is hanging out in the living room but their family dog who sniffs Gigi and notices that this is a living, breathing cat and not, in fact, a toy. So Kiki goes back into the forest. She's searching for this doll. And that's when she notices a cabin and sees the little toy Gigi in the window. So she yells into the cabin, asking if anyone is home. And this woman shouts back that she's on the roof asking, you know, what Kiki wants and tells her to come up and, you know, just ask her face to face. So Kiki explains that she has a black cat in her window. She wants it back. It actually belongs to somebody else. And this woman asks her what it was doing alone in the forest. And she tells her that's where she dropped it. And the woman is like, okay, well, I really need to finish this. She's literally (laughs) sitting on her roof, sketching some crows. Yeah. And afterwards, the woman gives Kiki the cat back and tells her, you know, I've actually grown pretty fond of it. And that's when Kiki realizes that this toy cat's head is like partially coming off. The stuffing is coming out. She can't give it to them like this. So this woman offers to make Kiki a deal.
1: So we got to Kiki cleaning the floor of the cabin. And this woman tells her that it's impressive. She's completely independent at only 13 and a witch. And Ursula, the, the woman in the cabin, she mends the cat and tells her that she's almost done. Meanwhile, back at the house, Kat's mom tells him his birthday guests will be here soon and turn off the TV. So he leaves the living room, and Gigi is alone with the dog, Jeff. He shudders as the dog, like, makes eye contact with him, sniffs him, gives him a lick, (laughs) but he just ends up cuddling up to Gigi and, like, laying with him.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the cabin, Ursula finishes mending up the toy, sends Kiki off to rescue Gigi, and... Back at the house, the family is giggling at their dog, Jeff. You know, he likes Ket's Mm -hmm. present more than him. Oh, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff takes Gigi to the door, like, pawing at him. So, Ket opens the door to let Jeff out, and Gigi runs straight to Kiki. He tells her that Jeff, the dog, helped him escape, and if they ask, he'll probably take the stuffed one back inside. He's a good dog. So... Kiki gives Jeff the stuffed animal. He takes it back inside. No one's the wiser.
1: Yeah. So as they fly back, Kiki asks Gigi if he's hungry, but he's like, no, I'm just tired. And Kiki's like, yeah, I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) And she tells him they'll both sleep well tonight. And the painter who found the stuffed animal wants to draw a picture of her. So they get back to the bakery and there is a sign in the window that reads Kiki's a delivery service. It's like this it looks like a it was baked. Like it's yeah, like, I it think looks it's like made bread. out of bread. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was wood <laughs> or bread. I was like, what? But it's this gorgeous wreath and a picture of Kiki on her broom with Gigi. And Kiki just runs in and hugs Fukuo for making this gorgeous sign for her.
0: We love a strong and silent. Baker, himbo, who's just there to help his wife run her business. (laughs) We
1: love the strong, silent type. Mm -hmm. That's personal for me. (laughs) But it is funny that you say that because I will have to talk about this after you see the movie that everyone's talking about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But... After the film, I was talking to Josh, and he's like, I think I'm in my himbo era.
0: (laughs) His head empty, no thoughts, only muscles. Yeah, head empty, no thoughts, muscle. Muscles and (laughs) kindness, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Wow. I wish him a a happy himbo summer. (laughs) I was just so, like,
1: tickled to hear himbo used in um real world context Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: yeah now all he has to do is learn how to bake if he doesn't already yeah there you go Mm -hmm. yeah i wish that i do wish that we got more than like literally one word out of Foucault. just so we could be like wow respectful king but we truly don't know because he doesn't say anything but maybe that's the most respectful thing of all is to say nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) So the next day, Gigi is, you know, working at the bakery counter. It's pretty slow. And she looks out the window to see a girl get on a motorbike with a boy. You know, she's maybe feeling a little jealous because she's just working all the time. And Gigi comes in and tells her to, you know, wake up, mind the store. And she says that she is. But today this place is just so boring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he says, it always gets busy around this time. And Kiki says it's slow for her. If business doesn't pick up, then she'll have to eat pancakes forever. I'm like, that doesn't sound too terrible. But the customer, <laughs> you know, walks Maybe past. Like a crepe once in a while. Yeah, mix it up. Throw in a little compote or something. Yeah.
1: Might be too expensive for her.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> so... We then see a customer walk past and Kiki calls her fabulous. She's actually like the next door neighbor who has the fancy cat. Mm -hmm. And Kiki says that she's a clothing designer and Gigi says she may be fabulous, but her cat's a snob. Mm -hmm. So that's when the phone rings and it is a delivery job for Kiki. So of course, at that exact moment, Tombo comes into the bakery and Kiki just ignores him. He, like, buys a cookie and says that he hopes she's not still mad at him. And he actually invites her to a party at the aviation club tonight. And he hands her this adorable little invitation addressed to Miss Witch. Aww. And says he'd really like for her to come. He explains that it's a club for kids who are really into flying aircrafts. And they would be really excited if she came. So, like Kiki could actually hang out with people her own age because she's just been around adults this whole time. Yeah. So, that's when a man comes in wanting to hire Kiki's delivery service and gives her this incredibly heavy package for her to carry. She has to go over and weigh it. Like, and this stuff. isn't a freight carrier. Yeah. She's, okay. She's just one human girl, child on a broom. <laughs> but. She's weighing this package and Tombo tells her that he hopes she'll decide if she wants to go by six because that's when he's going to be here to pick her up. Very smooth. And Kiki asks the man with the package if it's inside or outside city limits. And he's like, I wrote the address on the box. She's like, all right, relax. I got it.
1: So later on, Kiki runs to Asono and tells her she has a big problem. She got an invitation to go to Tombow's Flying Club, but she doesn't have anything to wear. And Asono's like, what you're wearing is fine. It makes you look beautiful and mysterious. And she asks how work is, and Kiki's like, oh, no, I almost forgot. It's four. Can you watch the store until I get back just to go deliver that insanely heavy package?
0: Yeah. So Kiki flies to deliver the package, and Gigi asks why she's so eager to go to this party when she, you know, was so mad at this boy. Why would you want to go spend time with him? Hmm, I wonder. So Kiki delivers this heavy package, and she flies to the blue roof for their next appointment. And she gets to the house where this old woman answers the door and says she'll tell the madam that the delivery girl is here. So this woman tells her to make herself at home, and the woman who answered the door notices Gigi and Kiki's broom and says, oh, it's just like my grandmother told me. And I, we get these little like moments sprinkled throughout the movie where the people in this town like clearly haven't seen a witch in a while. They don't really yeah. know a lot about magic. Whereas in Gigi's hometown – or not Gigi, in Kiki's hometown, um, people are very familiar with witches – it's more of, like, a traditional life. It's more yeah. small town, cottages, dirt roads. Whereas, like, in this city where there's more technology, it's it's a very, you know, reject modernity, embrace tradition kind of theme that we're pushing here. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because witchcraft is something that is so old and more traditional. So Kiki does introduce herself as a witch and... The woman tells her that she's pretty, but also says that the treat that Kiki was supposed to deliver isn't done yet. She wanted her to deliver a dish to her granddaughter's birthday party. It's her specialty, herring and pumpkin pot pie. But she'll have to cancel (laughs) the delivery since it's not ready. So she then asks her, I don't know if it's like her maid or her like butler or whatever but this woman barca she asks her to get kiki's payment meanwhile barca's literally just like playing with kiki's broom, <laughs> <laughs> and she tells her to pay kiki whatever they agreed upon but kiki feels guilty taking the money without doing anything so she offers yeah. to help yes so she's like you know what why don't we
1: use the other oven and this is like an old-fashioned wood-burning oven And the madam is like, wait, who's the voice of the madam? I think this is Debbie Reynolds. Yes, it is. Very great. Incredible. (laughs) Debbie Reynolds and Kirsten Dunst acting alongside one another. Mm -hmm. Iconic. So she says, oh, you know, I used to bake bread in it, but I haven't used it in a long time. So Kiki tells her if it burns firewood, she can help. She used to help her mom bake all the time. And Barca says, it's a great idea. Madam agrees. So Kiki runs to get the firewood, and Gigi tells her not to blame him if she's late for the party. But Kiki tells him she can't take her money and not help. So she gets out the firewood, puts it in the oven, starts, like, getting the tinder all ready and everything. Barca gets her one of those, like, accordion fans, and mm-hmm. Kiki gets the fire started. So once it's ready, they put the pie and they have to wait like 40 minutes. So Kiki offers to help around the house while the pie is baking. She's just like a handy gal. And she helps with like changing um, some light bulbs in a chandelier. And then Gigi's like, oh, you're never going to make that party. Mm -hmm. But Kiki's like, yes, I can. I just have to fly fast. So after she's done with some chores, Madame offers her tea. But then ask Kiki what time she said her party is. And Kiki's like, oh, it's at six. But Madame is like, oh, Kiki, I'm sorry. Like, my clock runs 10 minutes slow. That's crazy. Why?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why would one ever. Get
1: your clock fixed.
0: Yeah. And also, like, I get 10 minutes fast. That makes sense because it's like, oh, if I'm, you know, chronically running late, it's good to have my clock set fast so then I'm on time. But having it set slow, there's no benefit to that. Is she saying she purposefully sets it slow? That's a psychotic behavior. I don't think she's saying that it's she sets it slow. But either way, it should be fixed because that is the most impractical thing in the world. So Kiki gasps
1: and realizes she will actually be late. Kiki takes the pie out. They're like, it's good to go. Get the basket. Get everything ready. And Barca gets Kiki's broom. Madame pays her. And Kiki is like, it's too much. But
0: she's like, you know what? This is fair for all you've done. Mm. So Kiki and Gigi go off on their way to deliver this pie. And Kiki says they can beat the rain if they fly a little faster. But Gigi says not according to his whiskers. And, of course, they do get drenched by the rain. Gigi is begging for her to stop flying, but Kiki says they'll make them even later and the food will get cold. Meanwhile, oh my gosh, Tabo has gone to the bakery to pick up Kiki, but she's not there. Aww.
1: Yeah. So Kiki makes it to the party to deliver the pie, but the woman who answers the door is just the rudest woman. Just so the rude. I think she's, like, younger. She's probably, like, a teenager, but the worst. And she's like, "Um, this delivery is wet. And Kiki's like, yeah, I got caught in the rain, but, like, the food made it all right. And she takes it out, sees it's a herring pie, and she's like, ugh, I told grandma I didn't want her pie. And this woman calls out inside, and she's like, oh, what is it? And she's like, it's one of grandma's crummy herring pies. (laughs) Unbelievable. What a dick. Oh, my God. So Kiki asks her to sign her receipt, and she, like, does, and she tells her she hates Grandma's stupid pies and shuts the door, and Gigi just says, I can't believe they're related.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same, Gigi. Yeah. Dear Lord. So they have to fly off in the rain once again, and Gigi says they may still have time to make it to the party, but... not looking good. No. So at the bakery, Tombo waits for Kiki. He checks his watch. The bakers come out. They look at the rain and Tombo decides to throw in the towel. Decides to leave. Which, you know, understandable. He does think he's been stood up. And Gigi then notices Tombo walking and tells Kiki they can still catch him. And Kiki... When they get back to the, the bakery, Asano asks where she was and tells her that Tombo's waiting for her for so long. But Kiki tells Asano, it doesn't matter. She can't go in these wet clothes anyways and runs up the stairs. Aww. I do think this is kind of what starts the... I don't want to diagnose Kiki with anything, obviously, but there are definitely themes of depression in this movie along with burnout And I do think that this is kind of where Kiki's decline begins. I think she kind of got hit with a harsh dose of reality from delivering this pie to this woman who is like so ungrateful and fucking hates her grandmother for some reason. Yeah, what the hell? Um, And then flying in the rain. And yeah, this is where she, I think, starts to feel very isolated. And we kind of see her burnout start to increase from this point onward.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also her not being able to participate in something mm-hmm. that she really wants to do with kids her own age, and she's like, "Sorry, I gotta work." Like capitalism gets us all, right? The joy of flying on her broom and like being a witch, yeah, isn't really doing it. Mm-hmm. So Kiki hides in her room under the covers. Her clothes are hanging up to dry. And Gigi asks if she's okay and, like, suggests she eat something. And we pan over to the table. But really all that's there is, like, a slice of bread and a little bit of peanut butter.
0: Classic uh, struggle meal. I know all too well. dinner. (laughs) Yeah.
1: In the morning, Gigi is clawing at the window and, like, meowing. So Sono goes upstairs to check on them. And she sees Kiki, like, in bed totally zonked out, takes her temperature. Of course, she has a fever from flying in that awful weather yesterday. And Kiki asks Asono if she's going to die.
0: <laughs> and she's <laughs> like, no,
1: you're not. I'm going to bring you some medicine and a pot pie. But Kiki, like, gags. And she's Mm-mm. like, please not that. So Asona offers her some nice hot oatmeal with honey in it. And she asks Gigi if he wants some, too. So she brings them both oatmeal. Gigi immediately burns his tongue, despite being warned. Mm -hmm. And Asono tells Kiki to eat her oatmeal if she wants to get well and mentions that Tombo came by to see her. When he heard that she was sick, he asked how a witch could catch a cold in the first place. And he also wanted to visit her. Oh, Yeah. And Kiki, like, yelps. And Asono's like, don't worry, I turned him down very politely. And she opens Kiki's window and turns to leave. Um, Kiki almost stops her but then she's like oh never mind and just sighs
0: yeah she's feeling very withdrawn
1: yeah what's the the word um despondent there's like a malaise
0: yeah a malaise, malaise happening yeah. so later on Kiki makes some pancakes and calls Gigi for breakfast but he is what's he doing he's admiring the white cat neighbor oh, interesting so she notices him and he gets a little excited Kiki then yells out for Gigi and Asano asks if she's feeling better and she tells her very much and Asano asks her to come down later she has a favor to ask her mm-hmm so, later on,
1: Osono asks Kiki to make a delivery and offers her some money. And Kiki's like, no, no. Like, you're already doing so much for me. But Osono insists on paying her for her work. She says, work is work. That's right. We pay for labor. <laughs> crazy concept. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that I can't be paid in pizza? And exposure? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. crazy. <laughs> She tells her to make sure she delivers it in person. And Kiki calls out to Gigi and asks who his friend is. Obviously, Gigi is, like, with the white cat, Lily. Mm -hmm. And Kiki's like, all right, just stay. I'll be right back. He's all yours. Bye-bye. And Kiki walks to the delivery address, which overlooks the, like, um, marina or bay Um, It's very gorgeous on the seaside town. Mm. While Kiki is looking over the water, Tombo peers over the edge and is like, oh my God, Kiki, is that you? Are you taking a walk? And Kiki is like, I'm looking for someone named Kapori. (laughs)
0: So shut your trap, Tombo. Yeah. I'm fucking busy working. <laughs> I'm getting my money, yeah, honey. You're pay you're playing with your paper planes. I'm out here fucking Making broom paper. to the cobblestone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Tombo is like, that's my name. It's me. Wow. And Kiki stammers. She's like, fucking Osono. <laughs> And oh, so Tombo's was like, like
0: matchmaker, matchmaker, <laughs> make, make me a match. match. <laughs> and
1: Tombo's like, I'll be right there. Matthew Lawrence, love him.
0: Yeah. And
1: Tombo meets her down there. She hands him the package. And she apologizes for not showing up the other night. And Tombo is like, oh, my God, no, I'm sorry. Like, you ended up getting so sick. And I'm like, <sighs> <laughs> is it that hard, gentlemen? Mm -hmm. Is it that hard to intake um, someone else's wellness and consider Mm -hmm. it in regards to plans that were made and how things might shift
0: and change? Mm -hmm. And, you know, be understanding. Right. Apparently it's difficult. (laughs) For many. (laughs) Yeah. So
1: he invites her to his place to show her something.
0: Yeah, so he brings her to this garage and shows her the engine of a man-propelled plane and says they're going to assemble the wings and frame at somebody else's house, so, like, fully building an aircraft, and he plans to fly it during his summer vacation. And once again, we have to wonder, what are the age restrictions in Stockholm for... Not only owning a business, operating, right, motorized vehicles and, you know, aircrafts, but alas, he asks Kiki to come to the beach where the dirigible landed yesterday. And he also invites her to ride on his, like, contraption, and Kiki says that this is her first time ever on a bike. So he tells her to hold on And brace the bike with her foot Until he gets it all revved up So he starts furiously pedaling But the bike is going pretty slow So Kiki asks Mm -hmm. if she should get off And he says No I want you on my bike With me He doesn't say that But you know (laughs) Yeah It was kind of giving When uh,
1: he needed to like Kind of rev it up And like really get Mm. it going It was giving I'm holding you But I'm also shaking Yeah (laughs) And I was like, <laughs> I would be done. Mm-hmm. But he does, he does get it going.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know who wouldn't shake when he holds you? Foucault. So true. Yeah.
1: So true. <laughs> true words have never been spoken.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: Tombo gets the bike going and he asks Kiki to like lean on the curve so they can work the maneuvers smoothly, work the turn smoothly. Mm. Um and Kiki sees the dirigible, which is a blimp for those who didn't know, like myself. Yeah. Um, I'd never heard that word before. And I was like, uh, is this like a meteor that landed? Like, right. what is a dirigible? <laughs> so they almost crash into a car at one point And the bike begins flying. They almost crash again. And Tombo, like takes them off road and wow. just they tumble down a hill and Kiki and Tombo go flying. So after they kind of like are stationary for a minute, she walks over and she's like, are you okay? They're both all right. And Kiki just bursts out into laughter <laughs> and tells Tombo that when they flew up, she was so scared. And he admits he was too and asked her if it was magic that made them stay up. And she's like, I'm not sure anything's possible.
0: And I'm like, it was probably you, but like, it's cute that you won't say it. Yeah. (laughs) It's cute that you let him think his little contraption can actually fly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So he notices his propeller, like just
1: flying away, like still going, just flying off and tells Kiki to watch his bike while he retrieves it.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad she had a little giggle. She needed it. Yes, Absolutely. So they go to the beach and Kiki and Tombo are looking at the the dirigible, the, the blimp, and he thinks about how awesome it would be to travel around on this blimp and says that Kiki was probably flying since she was young. And she says, yeah, I've been flying with my mom since I was a baby. She taught me not to be scared. And Tombo calls her lucky and says he wishes he could fly, but Kiki says it used to be fun before she started doing it for a living. And I'm like, Isn't that Ain't that the, the, truth? the truth? Ain't oh, that the truth? My God.
1: <laughs> it is such a like one of life's biggest mysteries mm-hmm. to pursue your passion as a career, but then it's like, does that ruin your passion? Right. Because it's no longer something you do for enjoyment. It's something you have to do to survive.
0: That's the – not to, like, always bring it back to the SAG strike, but that's kind of the issue is, like, when your income relies – your livelihood relies on this one thing, you have to lower your standards for your own, like, happiness and well-being. Right, right. Because it's, like, the only option you have, and that's why it's important Mm -hmm. for – there to be livable wages.
1: Right. And I don't think that a lot of people so identify that it's freelance work. Mm-hmm. No matter how good you are, yeah. obviously if you manage your money well, like you're going to be in a better position, but like you don't have consistent work. Even people who are in series this series get canceled all the time and Absolutely. it's not like the same as when it was like Seinfeld or you know, Grey's Anatomy was like started a long time ago, but like mm-hmm. seasons are only or series rather are only like four or five seasons now.
0: Yeah. You ten, know, it's and not it's like ten episode seasons with like a year in between. I mean, think of succession.
1: They only had four what, four seasons, yeah. right? And only like less than ten episodes a season.
0: Exactly. And that's why residuals were initially invented so that people could Still survive and have an income even if they weren't actively on a show. Yeah. And that's why it's important for residuals to be applied to streaming platforms and people get paid what they deserve. And
1: also, fucking AI, now you're able to make like computer generated images of actors so they they can't own their likeness. Like, that is insane. Yeah. That is absolutely insane. Because if you don't even own your likeness, like, you can be hired for something once, and they can mm-hmm. recreate you for anything else. There's actually a, a Black Mirror episode, the first episode of the new season. This woman, her life becomes this CGI made show, but it is just her life, and they can own her likeness because she like signed up for Netflix or whatever, and yeah. and like didn't read the details. But it is it is just crazy that the landscape is changing and. Mm-hmm um there deserves to be security for one of like the oldest professions
0: yeah so that's why now more than ever it's very important that there are protections in place because the industry is just so different to the last time a contract like this was signed and Mm -hmm. things need to change but yeah it, it does feel very relevant that this movie very much touches on like the pressures of I guess, like, monetizing your hobbies and also, like, the intense burnout that it can cause, especially when your entire, like, livelihood cost of living is dependent on it.
1: Mm -hmm. So Tombo tells her she can't not enjoy flying. She's a witch. But Kiki is glad she came because she feels a lot better sitting by the beach and tombo suggests he take her out here whenever she wants and he can train himself and like kiki can just enjoy the beach
0: he is such a
1: sweetheart yeah he's he's so kind
0: Mm.
1: kiki finally recognizes this and calls him (laughs) a very nice person she thought he was a clown at first And is like, uh, that's what my mom says. Damn. She's like,
0: Tombow, stop being a clown. Be your own mother. <laughs> so then some girls come by and they're like, hey, Tombo, we have something really great. Like, come over here. So they tell him that they're going to go for a ride in the blimp. And then they ask who his friend is, and Tombo calls out to Kiki to come over and says they're all going to go on a tour inside the spirit of freedom. And one of the girls in the car is like, oh, hey, you made a delivery to my house on my birthday. And I was a real cunt about it. Yeah. And I fucking hate my grandmother. And <laughs> oh, I yeah, remember you gave me my grandmother's shit pie. Yeah. And I threw it my in the trash. grandma's shit pie, right? <laughs> Her crummy little herring pie. Yeah, I threw it away as soon as you closed the door. Nice to see you again. <laughs> the and the other girls are like, "Wow, I can't believe you are working at your age. That's so crazy." <laughs> so, <laughs> ew, you have a job. That's so, so crazy. Weird.
1: Yeah, it's so odd.
0: So Tombo goes back over to Kiki and offers to introduce her to everybody, but Kiki says, no thanks, and leaves, because these girls suck. Yeah. And Tombo asks why she's mad, and she says she has a lot going on in her mind, and just asks him to leave her alone. So the group then, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they then call out to Tombo and they're like, forget her! Come on! <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> Damn, Tombo, I think you need to rethink who your friends are. Who your friends are speaks a lot to who you are, Mm -hmm. and you are not in good company right now.
1: Yeah, I think he's a bit of a pushover. Yeah. So Kiki walks back home alone, and when she gets in, she has some water, turns on the radio, but then turns it off again, just flops down on her bed. Then Gigi comes in and meows at her, and she tells Gigi that something is wrong with her, she meets new people and thinks everything is going well, but then she feels like such an outsider. And I'm like, uh, relatable. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely.
1: It's, I think at least lately for me, I have this like horrible, like I just feel like my confidence is like so shot. Like things that I never used to be like iffy about. Yeah. I'm like, oh, am I do I look weird right now or should I not have said that or whatever and I'm just like why am I getting so in my head about this but it is so easy to fall into that trap of like oh
0: absolutely yeah
1: once you feel like your confidence is shaken a little it's just like it can be downhill
0: Mm -hmm. for sure yeah the it's very hard to get out of that spiral once you're in it yeah and then it just causes you to like Overthink absolutely everything. Things that you weren't even thinking about before, but your brain will just latch on to to anything it can.
1: Yeah. Gigi doesn't respond to this. He just leaves, and Kiki clearly feels very, very alone.
0: Gigi, why would you hear her say that and just leave? That's right? like <laughs> the worst timing in the world. But we go to the bakery. Kiki is manning the bakery. She's eating alone and. Later on, she ends up, like, yelling at Gigi, saying that he can't be late for every meal, and tells him he has to wash his own dish, and Gigi just meows at Kiki, and she asks him why he's talking like a cat, he just keeps meowing, and she asks if he can't speak anymore, which is very shocking, because this is her presumably lifelong cat, mm-hmm. and... She's very shocked and wonders what it means. She tries to then fly on her broomstick, but she can't. Oh! She realizes that she's lost her magic. She's lost her witch powers. She tries to use her broomstick outside, but it fails. She ends up falling into a ditch and actually breaks her broom. Yeah. And be- because, like, Kiki is such a light and we're so endeared to her... Seeing her lose her magic is really, really sad.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, especially with the kind of, like, I think the buildup is really good of Mm -hmm. her catching a cold and then having this, like, interaction where she feels like an outsider. And just kind of having this really tough, I mean, these tough growing pains, essentially. So. The next day, Kiki tells Osono that her powers have become weak and she thinks she just needs to take a little break from her delivery work, but promises that she'll be good at her work in the bakery and asks if she can please stay. And Osono's like, yeah, it's no problem. Like your powers will come back. You just need to rest. And Kiki tells her she really doesn't know, you know, maybe if she makes a new broom Then Foucault comes out and points to the blimp passing by. I think this is one line. He's like, look. (laughs) And Kiki sees Tombo in the blimp.
0: So later on, Tombo does call Kiki and asks if she saw him in the dirigible and says he had such a cool time. But Kiki doesn't say anything. She doesn't have anything to say and just asks him not to call anymore. Oh. So not only is she feeling isolated, but she's also isolating herself actively. Yeah. So Kiki just walks away and Asano asks her what's wrong. And Kiki tells her that she's still in training to become a witch. And if she loses her powers, that means she's lost everything.
1: Later on, Kiki sits in her room and makes a new broom. And the next day or like the next couple days, Ursula comes to the bakery to visit Kiki She says she thought she'd come to her since she didn't visit and she needs to do some shopping. And Kiki is really excited to see her. She, like, invites her up to her room. And Ursula goes up. She looks out the window and sees Gigi and is like, oh, my God, you do look just like the stuffed cat. (laughs) And then Ursula asks about the delivery business and if Kiki is, like, making any money – But Kiki has to tell her she's really not delivering much right now. And she tells Kiki that she thought she looked unhappy, but she didn't know things like that happened to witches. And she offers Kiki to come stay at her cabin in order to make her feel better. Just kind of like recharge, refresh. Mm -hmm. And Ursula's like, come on, let's leave now.
0: Yeah. And
1: she's like, oh, Sono wouldn't mind if you took a couple days off. She's just pregnant.
0: Yeah. And She's about to pop any day now. Don't worry about it. Right. But they do head
1: off on the bus and leave Gigi with his girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. have fun, Gigi.
0: Yeah. So they make their way to Ursula's cabin, taking the beautiful views. They end up hitchhiking, and a truck stops for them. It's actually somebody that Ursula knows. hmm And on the drive, the, the rider mentions that he thought Ursula was a boy She's like, what do you thought I was a boy? He's like, Yeah, it's because you're clothes. She's wearing like shorts and a tank top. And she's like, with legs like these, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also something that I noticed because like Kiki obviously wears a dress the whole movie. Yeah. Even before she puts this dress on, like she is wearing a dress when she's in her hometown and everything. Whereas in the city, we see more variety between what the women wear. Like we see women wearing pants and shorts and stuff like that. But Kiki's wardrobe more so resembles, like, again, the more traditional. But like if you look at Mm -hmm. when she was at the madam's house, like they're wearing more similar dresses to Kiki. Um, So we see that more traditional element be brought in again. So they get to Ursula's house and Kiki notices that Ursula is very tight with the crows and she apologizes to them about earlier about invading their space. And they end up going inside Ursula's house and Kiki sees this beautiful painting of a flying horse and a bull with a flock of geese very like stylized we actually pan over it for quite a bit so you get to really take it all in and ursula asks if she likes it and kiki says yes and says she was actually inspired to paint it by the first time they met but she hasn't gotten kiki's face right yet she's been waiting for her to come back so she can try again and kiki can't believe this is her in the painting and that you know ursula wants her to model for her And she's like, why would you want me to model? I'm not beautiful. And Ursula just bursts out laughing at her, you know, at her modesty and says she has a great face. She's very pretty.
1: Yeah. It's a really nice moment of, like, Kiki discovering her own beauty and getting that confidence, that riz back.
0: Exactly. And Ursula is also just, like, so cool like oh yeah the coolest reclusive artist this side of stockholm
1: she's your cool older cousin Mm -hmm. painting crows and living in the woods yeah
0: Yeah. she doesn't really have a job so you don't know how she like pays for her life but somehow makes (laughs) it work yeah so she sits kiki down to model and sketches her and tells her that painting and magic seem pretty similar Sometimes she's also feels blocked and isn't able to paint anything, and Kiki asks what happens. You know, she used to be able to fly, but now she's trying to look inside herself to find out how to do it. And Ursula suggests just forgetting about it for a while, you know, take long walks, enjoy the scenery, don't even think about it, and then pretty soon you'll be flying again. And promises Kiki that it'll be be fine. And, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different ways to handle any sort of creative block or block of the sort. And I know that when I had, like, really bad writer's block, one time my friend was like, just try and write something bad. Like, try actively to write something bad and you'll find that you probably won't be able to because it's pretty difficult to actually do that. And then you'll feel a little less blocked, and then you can return to whatever it is that you were working on, which I found Mm -hmm. helpful.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes if you just keep going and, uh, you know, circle, it's Mm -hmm. like you need to take a step back and regroup. But yeah, it's also nice for her to hear that it does happen to other people, Mm -hmm. that, like, creative blockage.
0: Yeah, because she also puts a lot of pressure on herself to be, like, a good witch – And make sure she's making a good first impression, obviously, because, you know, that's what her mom told her, but she does put a lot of pressure on herself. Absolutely. So at the cabin, Kiki and Ursula go
1: outside to the lake. Ursula makes some pancakes. The way I need pancakes after watching this movie, because it's referenced so many times. Maybe I'll make some pancakes. Ooh. Mm. Yum. Anyways. (laughs) um, (laughs) Fuck. That night, Ursula tells Kiki... That by her age, she had already decided she wanted to become an artist. She loves to paint so much that she would fall asleep at her easel. And then one day, she couldn't paint anymore, and she felt like she just completely lost her ability. And Kiki's like, wow, that sounds like me. And Ursula tells her it's the same, and then she found an answer. In order to paint, she had to discover her own style. And Ursula asks her if when she flies, if she has to like rely on what's inside of her. And Kiki's like, Yeah, we fly with our spirit. And Ursula tells her that's it, trusting her spirit. We can all trust our spirit, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. a great lesson.
0: Yeah.
1: And Ursula says that's what makes her paint and what makes Osono bake. We have to find our spirit, but it's not easy. And Kiki says she got so caught up in training, but she wonders if she'll ever find it and if it's worth all the trouble. Ursula tells Kiki there were times when she thought about painting something over that painting, the beautiful one with like the flying, what is it? It's a flying horse?
0: I think so, yeah.
1: And Kiki's like, oh my God, it came out so great. And Ursula tells her that means it's worth it. When she saw her face today, she thought, I want to paint her. And they go to bed, and Kiki asks her if she'll fly again. And Ursula tells her she will. She just has to wait for the right inspiration to come along.
0: So wise. So sage. Pitch sage wisdom. I guess that's what happens when you when you live in the woods and you just paint all day. You're able to yeah. cultivate a good sense of self.
1: Yeah, I guess with all that isolation.
0: Yeah. Really gives a girl time to think. Mm-hmm. So we go to the bakery and um, we see Fukuo watching the news. The spirit of freedom has been repaired, it's ready to fly again. And Kiki calls Asano and tells her that she's heading home. And Asano tells her to take her time. When she's back, the old woman who she helped before has another delivery for her. And she said she wasn't sure if she could do it, but Kiki reassures her that she can. And Asano tells her to just stop there on the way back.
1: Nice. So Kiki makes it to the madam's house and Barca lets her in. She asks Barca to bring over the package and tells Kiki to open the box. And it's a beautiful cake with Kiki's name on it. She's on her broom. This is literally the sweetest grandmother in the world. So kind. So kind. It's like a gorgeous little cake for her. And she asks her to bring it to a delivery girl since she was so helpful with her last delivery, and maybe she could let her know her birthday too, so she can make her a cake then. Oh and my Kiki like gosh. literally like tears up. She, we hear a sniffle, but then yeah. she just busts into like this wide wide-eyed smile and she's
0: like, "I will, and maybe you can tell her your birthday so she can repay the favor. Oh my God. So sweet. And like this is what she needs. She needs her like faith and humanity restored after like so many bumps along the way of other people being rude to her, just being rude in general. Like Mm -hmm. she needed to reconnect with why she started this delivery service in the first place, which was to help people. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just
1: so validating for her to get Mm -hmm. this recognition and know that someone cares about her. Yeah. Meanwhile. We see the blimp on TV. It's having a malfunction. God. And Barsa says there's been a terrible accident. And we see the blimp on TV just like thrashing about. And Madame says it's always midsummer when these winds hit. And outside the winds become really heavy. They like blow the trees. Um, but she tells Kiki it'll pass quickly. So on the TV, they say they're making a last ditch effort to tie down the dirigible they like tie it to a police car to avoid it lifting into the air and the blimp starts to take off the police like every policeman there tries to hold it down and for some reason the (laughs) high child (laughs) right the (laughs) highest person on the rope is tombo just hanging on for dear life
0: oh my god
1: And he ends up getting lifted away with the police car, and the dirigible begins just, like, flying toward town.
0: Honestly, like, why are blimps even still a thing? Did we not learn from Hindenburg? (laughs) Why do we need them? What do they actually do? What's the purpose of a blimp?
1: Honestly, not sure. I think they're just to make shipments. (laughs) Google, what is the purpose of a blimp?
0: I I literally just Googled, what do blimps do? (laughs) Okay. Um, so the very first thing that comes up, it just says, though blimps played a useful surveillance role in the Second World War, airships today are mostly used for overhead photography at sports events and as massive flying billboards. There you go. Do we need that? No, (laughs) no actual use. (laughs) No, because, yeah, you can't, like, carry, you don't carry anything in the... Yeah, just air. The body of it. That's just air. So there's like a tiny little thingy underneath where you so. can stand. What a useless machine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no offense if there are any blimp designers in the chat. Yeah, any but blimp heads out there <laughs> listening to the pod. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so. Absolutely. <sighs> so, Tombo is hanging on to this blimp. He begins slipping. And... He falls onto the police car, and the police car falls into the water. So, things are not looking too hot. No. Kiki makes it to the blimp. She asks a man to borrow his just, like, street broom. Takes it. She, like, mounts it. And then the the bottom of the broom just goes, like, <laughs> like a fucking jetpack. pack. <laughs> she, she, you know, has honed her concentration. She takes off, she flies to the blimp, which is headed directly for the clock tower. Oh no. Tombo is holding on for dear life. If the dirigible doesn't stop, it'll destroy the clock tower and he'll probably die. hmm So he tells them to go higher, but the captain says, there's not enough helium. And he tells Tombo to just jump onto the tower before the blimp hits. So they crash. He tries to keep a hold of the rope, but too much gas has escaped from the blimp, and it starts deflating and coming down. It snags on the building across the street. He's holding onto the rope. No hope of being saved, but luckily, Kiki is there. She's able to fly over to Tombo. She tries to control the broom to reach him. They hold out their hands, but she can't quite reach him. Oh, no. And he slips off, but... Thankfully, Kiki flies in just in time to catch him. Mm-hmm. They fly down to the emergency trampoline. She's saved Tombo. Everybody cheers. No children have died today. Yeah. We see. Thankfully. Yeah, thank God. We see Madame and Asono watching the TV coverage. They're so proud of Kiki. And also, probably from the stress of this event, Asano has gone into labor. Yeah. So the baby is coming.
1: <laughs> and in the final scene, Tombo has finished his flying machine and he pedals off the edge of a hill. It actually works against all odds, any, any physical laws that are in our earth. Yeah. And Kiki keeps delivering. Tombo helps Kiki install a sign for her delivery service. And Kiki sends her parents a letter. And tells them that she and Gigi are doing well, and their delivery service is also doing great. And there are still times when she feels homesick, but all in all, she loves this city.
0: Oh, and that's Kiki's delivery service. That's it.
1: What a little cute little film. Mm. A very relatable gal. You know, yeah, something that's a lesson to be learned and like has a really good heart to it, but it's mm-hmm. not absolutely traumatizing.
0: No, it's a, <laughs> a very delightful movie to watch. And yeah. Well, it does show like these very hard times of burnout and like depression that Kiki does go through. It doesn't feel overbearing or like we're just watching trauma porn or anything like that. Like we're just seeing her go through something that we all have been through before, coming out the other end of it. We also have beautiful scenery. We have some great comedic moments. It's got really something for everybody.
1: There are so many components that I feel like went well together. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the artwork and animation and the voice acting, just hand-picking amazing voice actors. Yeah, um, yeah I'm just really excited to watch more Studio Ghibli movies, too, because... I guess I something I don't really love about anime style is that like over projection of emotion Mm -hmm. and the animation flipping from like being really intense and like basic to more traditional animation style like I've never really like globbed onto it Mm -hmm. but something I love about the Studio Ghibli movies is that they're just so beautiful and, mm-hmm. like, peaceful and pretty and have these undertones of, like, nature, yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's just, like, a, a very well well-made movie, a true kids movie that doesn't have creepy undertones also, mm-hmm. which I feel, like, is so heavy in things made for young adults in the U.S. They're always, like weird little undertones there's
0: something weird yeah yeah yeah
1: stop weirdos from making movies
0: yeah get them away from us but (laughs) (laughs) yeah this movie i mean the thing with miyazaki is that like he really prioritizes beauty in his storytelling Mm -hmm. um and that really shines through in this one and i like the because we talked about it before, like, you know, throughout how there's these elements of tradition versus modernity. But I don't feel like this movie is ne- right. necessarily saying, like, oh, only the old ways are good. I think it's just mm-hmm. about the importance of not forgetting them and, you know, keeping them in still our daily life. Like, for example, even when the electric oven doesn't work, we right, have to right. go back to using the old one, like, not to forget those ways while mm-hmm. also having new technology. Yeah. I think also.
1: Along with that is being respectful and being Mm -hmm. kind to people. It does ultimately pay off, even if it's not immediate. There's that, like, instant gratification. Um, It really shows that Kiki being a kind person to everyone she meets in town Mm -hmm. makes her a part of that community and makes people, like, want to see her again, essentially. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, aside from Matombo and their like terse relationship, right. she's always very like respectful and kind and just wants to be, I don't know, helpful and like mm-hmm. ca- sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think it's like a really beautiful coming of age movie, mm-hmm. but I guess if you were a kid or if I was a kid. I wouldn't necessarily recognize that it was a coming of age movie. I think it'd have to be like 16 or so to be like, okay, I see what, I see what's going on here. Yeah, (laughs) Um, Not
0: just he, he delivery.
1: (laughs) But it is a nice movie to like feel relatable to and kind of be like, yeah, I guess, you know, things aren't that bad. I just need to Mm. do some things that I enjoy and like reset and go from there but it's not yeah. all like it's not always going to be perfect
0: mm-hmm. um i'm curious like which so because you've seen only like a small handful yeah. of of uh, ghibli movies what are your thoughts of of this one in terms of like the other ones you've seen do you have a favorite yet
1: i mean not really yet because i feel like the ones i've seen are so different i saw mm-hmm. i mean porco rosso We did – why can't I remember any We did Howl's
0: Moving Castle.
1: Yeah, we did Howl's Moving Castle, Kiki's Delivery Service, and this incredibly sad Studio Ghibli movie that I saw about, like, World War II in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I think overall I liked Howl's Moving Castle the most just because for me that really, like – pulled on my heartstrings yeah. and I found it to be very moving. Yeah. Um, but I love this movie too. Like I think it's just a great movie that one that I'll definitely watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most like I felt connected to is How's Moving Castle for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean anyone who listened to that episode knows how I feel about that movie. I love it yeah. very, very much. Um I would say probably my like top three. I still, there's still a lot that I want to see that I haven't seen yet, mm-hmm. but my top three are probably Howl, um, Kiki. And then one that I saw recently that I just really, really loved. It, it reminded me of Kiki's Livery service in a lot of ways where it's like quieter and smaller, but like yeah. just really comforting and warm was um, Secret Life of Arietti? I really enjoyed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard of it. i I haven't mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, I know everybody loves Spirited Away, and I do love Spirited Away, but it didn't really like hit me emotionally. Maybe I have to rewatch it and see. Mm-hmm. I really want to see it.
1: Princess Mononoke.
0: Oh, I do love Princess Mononoke. That one is really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope. Uh, oh, wait! Before we sign off, oh my gosh, we have to rate this movie. Wow.
1: Sheesh. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid eight, even eight and a half.
0: Yeah, I was going to give it an
1: 8.5. I think all the components just come together really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, they did take the story from a book, but the way they mm-hmm. adapted the story, I think, was very incredible. Yeah. Like, no notes for the story. And getting to also, like, in this English dubbed version, have these incredible actors who, like, I also feel emotionally connected with mm-hmm. because of the movies that I grew up watching. Um yeah, overall, really great experience.
0: Well, I can't believe that's a wrap on Pod Girl Summer. Unbelievable!
1: <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I feel just every time I have a summer, I'm like, this isn't, this didn't happen the way I envisioned it. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, I'm like, it's Christmas already. Right, years I over. Think,
1: <laughs> I think for me, my golden period of the year will be autumn. And I don't even want to fucking say that because I feel like I'm going to jinx it. Um, (laughs) This year has been a total shit show. But I will say thank you guys for joining us on this Pod Girl Summer. We hope that you're having a great Pod Girl Summer, that you're living your dreams, that Mm -hmm. you're following your heart, that you're getting some time to reset. Yeah. And we're excited to see you in August.
0: Yeah, excited to see what we're gonna do next on this international film journey. International, what's that song? Dongs all around the world, movies yeah. all around the world is what movies it is. All around the world, <laughs> we got hoes in different area codes, and by hoes I mean um, feature films, right? So <laughs> by incredibly respected artists. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, until next time,
0: I'm Mo and I'm Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye!